Speak to us this morning, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. It's just, uh, we're just walking into uh, the sermon. If, you're, if you got a sermon notes, that was what I was going to preach originally. But uh, this morning as I was praying in the, in the green room at the back and getting ready for the service, I really felt strongly that God wanted to minister to some people who were hurting this morning. And uh, just a very difficult passage that uh, when you read passages like this, you're like, who wrote this in the Bible? Uh, but it's there for a reason, because today you'll be like, God, thank you for writing this passage. It makes sense to me. I'm praying that uh, it would make as much sense as it made to people in the first service. Quite a few people were touched, and I'm praying that you'd be touched too. One thing for sure, it will not be a long sermon. I just wrote it. Okay, so <laughs> second thing, if there's problems in the sermon, uh, it's uh, you're just going to... You're just going to have to be okay with it. So I'm just praying for it. So here's uh, a couple of things. We're just going to, uh, just also letting you guys know, there's going to be, uh, words are not going to be in the um, projectors because uh, it's, they don't have it, okay? I didn't make it. I didn't have so much time. I don't know how to make PowerPoints in a couple of minutes. So we're just going to just keep going with this. So it's from Genesis chapter 22. I wrote the sermon, the title of the sermon so here is my whole sermon. This is all I wrote this morning in 10 minutes. So this is it. So this is pre-service notes. So whatever I have is what you're going to get. And I titled the sermon, What Motivates You? It's very important. That's why it's very important when you're leading. It's important that you read God's word so that God speaks to you. And when he speaks, it's already on your heart. And you're able to listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking. So what motivates you to follow God? It's, it's what I've written is the title of the sermon. Genesis chapter 22. The Bible says this. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the end of, to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I will tell you. Okay, so God's not even... Uh, telling them exactly what mountain, but he's like, on which I'll tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. So here's a passage where God is speaking to Abraham and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to travel and then take this journey to a land this mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your only son. Just in case Abraham was like, you know what, I have another son that's really not my son, I sacrifice him. And God's like, your only son. <laughs> like God's like making it clear. Sometimes God's like, God asks us to do something, and we're like, I don't know if it's this, but I think it's this. And, and, and we will just do what we think it is. So God wants to make it very clear to Abraham, and God's like, uh, your son, your only son. God was like, just don't take that other kid that you do have. That We're not talking about that kid. We know you would like to sacrifice that kid without a second thought. And he's like, let's go with your kid here. That means a lot to you. You know, when you read a passage like this, you wonder, you know, why is there a passage like this about child sacrifice in the Bible? You know, what kind of common sense people wrote the Bible and then two things? years later, a bunch of us sitting in the church are reading the same passage and trying to get something out of it because you have to understand who God truly is. 
All through scripture, God had never asked for human sacrifice, and especially for child sacrifice. God had never asked that you would sacrifice your child. You will never uh, come to this place and, and say, hey, listen, I want you to sacrifice your child. So Abraham knew who God truly is. What motivates you to follow God? You have to understand who you truly are and why you truly follow God. To do that, you have to know who God really is. Who is God to you? You will see eventually who God is to Abraham. And my, my hope is today when you walk out of the service that you would understand who God is in the midst of whatever it is that you're struggling with, that you would walk out knowing that my God is exactly who he says he is to you. Who is God saying that he is to you? The Bible says this in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Jesus says, you know, cast your care on me because I care for you. It's not because I want to just gossip about your life with somebody else. God is like, I genuinely care about you. I genuinely want to carry the burden that you're carrying in your life. And I want to be able to walk with you in the struggle that you're walking with. So God's like, hey, would you cast your burden upon me. Cast your care, cast your burden, cast your worry upon me because I care about you. God is not saying, you know, it's very difficult sometimes for us to even fathom and understand this, this burden that we can give to God. How do you give a burden to God? By not worrying about it. When you go to God and say, God, here is my thing that I'm stressed out, stressed out about. I just want you to take care of it. And then God handles it. God takes care of it. And you don't carry the weight of, of this. You know, one of the things that they realize that pastors in America are resigning and, and, and stepping down from ministry at a very, very fast rate because they're very stressed out. For me, it's just the opposite. People ask me, are you stressed out? And say, once in a while, I carry the burden. And then I realize I am, I'm just working for Jesus. He's the boss. I just, I just give it back to him. I'm like, it's your worry. You worry about this, and I don't worry about it. And it's like, but if you try to do anything, like you are the person who has to carry all of the weight. When you're, when you're taking care of your family, at some point, you have to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and into your family and allow him to carry this burden with you, to carry this stress with you and say, God, you carry this for me. Because I don't know what to do. And Abraham knew who God is. And so God is asking him to do something very, very difficult, but he knew who God truly was. God is not a God who asks for human sacrifice. He's not going to ask for his son to be sacrificed, but it doesn't make any sense, but God is asking him to do something. So he's taking the step of trusting God and going and doing what God is asking him to do. You know, God says, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I am with you wherever you go. And so over here, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, there's a season for everything. Whatever you're walking through with today, today when you walked into church, it feels like the biggest problem you could have. But the Bible says there are seasons that you go through. You know, if you're in Wisconsin, the winter season seems to be the longest lasting season in, in the whole state. It seems to just linger and show up every other time. So you might be like, wow, you know what, for me the season problems seem to show up like Wisconsin winter every time. You don't know if you go to bed that night and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to have problems in the morning. It's like, is there going to be snow tomorrow? We don't know. It could be. But that's how some of us are walking through some seasons. But, but God says everything has a season. 
Everything will stop at some point in our life. It will change. It never says it's going to last forever. It's going to change at some point. So whatever struggle, whatever difficulty, whatever God is asking you to trust him with, it's a season that you're walking through. And that season will change. It's not going to stay the same. It will change. But when you're walking through it, it seems like the biggest problem that you can have. And it seems so heavy that, you can, that, that, that you're like, man, this is just a very heavy burden for me to carry. But I want to encourage you, Abraham might have felt that way when God spoke to him and said, hey, listen, I want you to sacrifice your only son, the only son you have, like the only kid, that kid, yeah, that one thing that you're trying to now not focus on. It's that one kid. I want you to sacrifice that one kid. And the Bible says, Abraham did not delay. You know, what is it that God is asking you to trust him with that you're slowly delaying about? It could be different areas in our life. It doesn't have to be one particular thing for one person. It can be whatever it is in your life that God's asking you to trust and you're just delaying and listening to God. God's like, hey, listen, I want you to do this. The Bible says the very next day, verse 3 in Genesis chapter 22, verse 3, this Bible says, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. Early next day. He didn't wait for like three, four days and said, you know, like most Christians, if not all Christians, we do this. Let me pray about it. It basically, it's let me spend a couple more days and waste time and, uh, and then come up with some excuse. Because right now at this moment, I don't have a good enough excuse for you, Lord. So I'm going to pray about it. We're not really praying about it. We had a, we did a youth camp one time and in the camp, we are uh, the kids, tons of kids in the camp were all uh, skateboarders. They were all like, some of the, one kid actually is uh, in a semi-pro skateboarding now. And so that year, all the kids in our high school uh, youth ministry were all different skateboarders and they were all pretty good at it. And we prayed and we were like, we wanna get a skateboarder out to our youth camp. And uh, there's this one guy in Canada, he seems to be really famous and everybody knew him and he was doing this um, Red Bull uh, skateboarding for them and he was doing all these crazy skateboards. Uh, stuff and his team and I remember calling him and they're like hey how much will you cost to come to our youth camp and the guy's manager sends a message back and they're like $25,000 sure yes that is a great price and uh, and uh, so we were like sure we want to get you to our camp but it's $25,000 that was just for three days he was going to speak three times and $25,000 for him to speak three times. If you're wondering, wondering what, it, what I cost for preaching, it's free, okay? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> Whenever they call me, I just come and preach. I think it's cool to preach for free, but that's just me. Um, okay, so, but the guy was like, hey, this is what we pay. And so his manager was like, $25,000, that's what he's gonna charge to come preach. And I remember calling him. I told the manager, I said, hey, I just wanna speak to the guy. I heard he's a little bit of a Christian. I wanna just get on the phone and just you know, talk to him myself. And the manager was like, we normally don't allow people to speak to our guys, but we'll let you speak to him. So I get on the phone and I speak to him and I tell him, hey, listen, our youth group's gonna do this uh, uh, skateboarding camp and we want you to come out because all the kids think you're pretty cool. And, and I heard you, you're like, uh, you know the Lord a little bit and we wanna talk about it and we wanna preach and we want to bring you out and, and speak at our camp. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then he said this sentence to me. Yeah, and. And I was like, I heard it's $25,000 to bring you. Is there like a negotiation in that price? And he was like, he said that famous Christian sentence, let me pray about it. 
I was like, come on, you're going to say this. You're going to pray about it. I was like, there's no way he's going to pray about it, is what I thought, because I was influenced by many Christians. Not like you guys. None, none of you do that. Some other people <laughs> way there, way out there that none of you know, I don't know. They existed. They are there. <laughs> Whenever you ask them something, they're like, let me pray about it. But they're there out there. Okay, so, so he says, let me pray about it, and we let it go. And then he calls me after a couple days. He did actually pray about it. And he said, listen, I prayed about it, and the Lord told me to say, whatever you guys can afford, you just pay for it. Whatever. He's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, I spoke to my manager. It's whatever you guys want to pay it's with me. He said, but part of my contract is that I have like a dozen uh, Red Bulls for every show. So before every show, he would drink like 12 to, sometimes he'd drink like almost 20 Red Bulls before the show. And he was like, that's all I need. I need like like boxes of Red Bull. Sure, well, we'll pack Red Bull for you. And he ended up coming and he did a great job and preached about Jesus and how Jesus changed his life. But he's the only guy that I've met who was like, let me pray about it and actually prayed about it and came back with a good answer, okay? But uh, so uh, unless you're like that, you know, and if you say, let me pray about it, sometimes we delay in listening to God by saying these very Christian sentences. God asks us to do something. Abraham could have been like, let me talk to my wife about it. It was definitely would have been a no. <laughs> like if Abraham went to his wife, you know, it would have been a real no. Like, okay, Abraham, you know, you're a little old and you're thinking really stupid, okay? At 117, your brain is not working, <laughs> is what his wife would have told him. And she would have had to like check him or get him into place there. But uh, Abraham, some things when God is speaking to us, it's between us and God. God is asking us to do something in our life. And, and it's those moments where you trust God and you take that step. And say, God, you know what? I'm trusting you because I know who you are and I'm not going to delay in listening to you. One of those decisions in my life happened uh, uh, almost 15 years ago. Uh, God had called me to, to step down as an evangelist and, and become a full-time pastor. But the only church that, that offered me a, a position was, a, uh, it was to be an intern uh, evangelist for two months. And it was like a free position to go and intern at this church. And the Lord was like, I want you to go take that. And I, I remember going to that church and taking it. But on the way, I was actually on the way to the airport when the Lord was like, I was going to catch the plane and go to India. And the Lord was like, I want you to go take this position. And I'm like, okay, it's a free position. I am going to the airport because that's what I have right now. I have my ticket and I'm going to go to India and it's going to be fine. And uh, if I don't, just in case, you know, sometimes you have to remind God all the rules and regulations. He seems to not know or not care. Like, it's like Abraham. Like, he didn't care. Like, what would happen? Like, God just tells Abraham, go sacrifice your son. Sure. Great idea. Well, why not? I just do this. And Abraham, he just walked and went there. Like, you know, when sometimes when you talk about what God's asking you to do with your life and some decisions you take, you're like, God, can I talk with someone else? Because this looks really stupid. Like, this is like the dumbest idea. I'm having doubts if you are God. Like, you know, it's one of those moments, like, I'm on the way to the airport, and, and God's like, no, I don't want you to go to the airport. Like, okay, I'm having doubts. Who is God here? Like, who has the best for my life in their mind? It doesn't look like you, God. It looks like you're trying to ruin this plan here. And, and, and I just didn't go to the airport. And I ended up calling an immigration lawyer. I called the lawyer and I said, hey, you know, here's my case. And, uh, and uh, I feel like I should take this job. He's like, yeah, you, you can. It's just going to be illegal. You can't do it. I was like, sure. Would you take my case? He's like, no. 
I have a very good track record of never losing. You'll be the first guy who will lose it. I'm like, good to know that. Seems like God doesn't know that. And he just wants me to do this, this one thing that's totally illegal. <laughs> he seems to not care, doesn't even realize we have rules and regulations and things like that. And, and uh, I prayed about it, and the lawyer was like, we could try something and work around it. And uh, he's like, but I'm not going to take your case. And he put the phone down, and, and uh, I prayed about it, and I called him back the next day. And he's like, yeah, I thought about it. And he's like, okay, you know, we'll try it. We'll attempt it. And then it ended up, within two months, I ended up getting my green card and everything. And he was like, when we walked through the process, he was like, nobody has got it as fast as you have. He's like, I don't know anybody. He's like, I've never had anybody get their process so fast. I'd got my work permit in two weeks. He was like, nobody, the government doesn't work so fast. It's just for you. Like, you got it. Like, he's like, I can't believe it. It's the thing is, when you trust God and don't delay in listening to him, then he just does his part. You take to obey God, the longer the whole process of God showing up takes. Because you're just waiting on, on you're like, God, it just doesn't make sense. And you're busy arguing God, with God, and God's like, no, no, no. It makes total sense in my plan. I got a plan for you. I just need you to not delay and not disobey. You know, delayed obedience is still disobedience. It's like the longer you wait, God's like, you know, I, I got a plan here. I know what I'm doing. I am God, even though it doesn't look like it to you. God wants you to take some personal steps. See, whenever it always, God asks you to do something, you have to personally make some steps. The Bible says this, Abraham rose up early. He didn't delay. He saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering. So he himself was cutting wood. He could have had one of his thousands of servants cut the wood, but he was personally doing it. Sometimes there's a personal investment that God wants from you. You have to personally do something. If it's you personally take time to pray or read your word or fast or personally change some things in your life or make some priorities different in your life that God wants you to do because God wants you to personally invest in the decisions that you're making that he's asking you to do. And God's like, here's what I want you to do. Some things take time. The Bible says this in, in verse 4. It says, and the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Three days, they're journeying. You know, some of us change our mind overnight. Like if God tells us to do something and we say yes, and then we get up in the morning and you're like, I thought about it last night. I slept, slept over it. And now that I get up refreshed, I think it's a stupid idea. And then we just like change our mind. You're like, that was a real dumb idea. I don't know what it was. It could have been I was hungry. I always blame it on hunger. I always blame it on my wife. You didn't feed me properly last night. <laughs> That's what it was. You know, it's like we find something or someone to blame on why we don't obey God. And God's like, okay, I knew you were stupid, but I can see now very clearly you're stupid. It's like imagine 15 years ago when God's asked me to do something, God saw this in his plan there. God's like, I want you to take this decision. Till today in my office, I still have that, the, the ticket to that flight that I didn't catch. Because I always remind myself of a decision that I made with God in the last moment that didn't make sense to anyone else but to me. That I was hoping that the God who called me would answer and show up like he always said he would. See, here's a decision that Abraham's making. He's making a personal decision. And he didn't delay about making that 
decision and he goes to do it and then he makes his personal makes personal commitments in it you personally have to invest in the decisions that God asks you to do and some things take time sometimes we wait for a day or two and we're like okay you know what the longer it takes and I process this more this is not a good idea it's like sometimes God ideas don't look like good ideas it's just God's like just let's do it you know, a couple months ago, like last year, right when COVID was happening, we had this idea of taking down just, just the drop ceiling in the lobby. That's all it was. It was going to be, let's take the drop ceiling down, and, and that was it. But then what we did was we invited a couple more people to help us with taking the drop ceiling down, and then they started hitting the hammer on places they shouldn't. So more than the ceilings, walls started coming down. And I'm like, okay, this, okay, let's go with this, this one wall. Then we were like, with one wall. Now that we already broke this wall, let's go with this wall. And then now we have a plan on just this wall. And pretty soon now we've got more walls down. And you're like, okay, we're, we're renovating the lobby now. Sure, we'll go with that. And, and the whole process was like, the Lord had asked us to do some changes. And, and I was just going with the flow. You know, that's, I was like, God, I just, it does not make any kind of sense. I don't know, like, where the money's going to come from, what's going to happen. It looks like a way bigger project. And then somebody, uh, actually Darren at the back here somewhere, Darren decided that we were going to renovate the whole floor. And I was like, Darren, that's a lot of work. We have to have jackhammers, and we have to jackhammer it every day for many days. And that's what they did. They just got jackhammers, and they were jackhammering it for many days. And then we called different people to come and do the floor. And the cheapest bid that we had for somebody to put the tiles in the lobby was $30,000 because they were like, it's so messed up. It's such a messy uh, floor. They were like, it's gonna cost a lot of money to level it and do all kinds of stuff. And I remember the day was coming up when we had to reopen the church and, and the lobby was just a big mess. The floor was just all kinds of holes because most of us didn't know how to use a jackhammer. So there was holes some places like two, three inches and some places it was perfect. People who knew what they were doing it were, were chipping perfectly and, and some of us who didn't know what we were doing, we were just letting the jackhammer just do its thing. Let, let it do its thing for, for a minute. You know, let it take a rest. We were taking a rest while the jackhammer was just hammering away. And then, then now it's stuck inside there. And then you're trying to take it out. And, and we were just working it. And, uh, and then the guys who knew what they were doing would show up. And then they would do it. And it would look good. So then there were a lot of holes, you know, in places that those of us who didn't know what to do were doing it. There was a lot of holes. And I, I remember one day I just go to the Lord and I say, God, I, I have no idea. It's going to cost money. I have no idea who we're going to get. None of us know how to do a floor, <laughs> not that floor. It's like, uh, I was just praying. And then I post this ad up on wanting somebody to do this floor. And there was this one guy who was just sort of rebelling against his family and stuff. And, but he did flooring and he showed just one guy and he's like, yeah, I could do it. And it was for the price that we were hoping uh, to do. And he's like, yeah, I could do it. Totally. I'd do the the tiles, I'd do the whole floor, and it didn't look like a big task to him, just one guy. And then I decided that day that I was gonna, like that day the church was throwing like a pastor's appreciation, so I was gonna go to the water park. That's where I was gonna leave all my stress at. So the day he was working on the floor, I was hanging out at the water park, just texted one of the guys from church, he said, send me pictures <laughs> if he starts. And then the guy started his work. When I got back, he had finished it. It completely finished it. Sometimes you just have to trust God. Sometimes things take long. 
Sometimes it's a journey and it doesn't make any kind of sense. And you're like, God, I have no idea how this is going to work. And right when, when all of these things are coming together and, and we are trying to figure out, God, how are we going to bring these finances together? And we have no idea. The, the insurance company called and said, hey, we're walking through the different places in the community that have been hit by a hurricane. And I'm like, like a hailstorm. By hailstorm, I'm like, oh, our church didn't get hit by any hailstorm. They're like, it's in the zip code. Your church is. Sure, if you want to claim it, sure, come on over. And then they sent this guy over who came and walked through the church. And the guy was from Africa who went to a church in Africa. And he had moved up to America. And he was all excited about Jesus. And he walks through the church and he's like, you know what? The church is a place that needs the money the most. I'm like, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> and then he starts finding all kinds of problems that I didn't think was a problem. Was, yeah, sure. And he looks at the carpet and he's like, well, you guys need new carpet. Yeah, we do need new carpet. Yeah, sure, renovate the carpet. And then he writes this thing down and he's like, the whole carpet's going to be new. I'm like, yeah, we'll take that. And then one after the other, he starts renovating all kinds of stuff. And, and then they write out all these checks. And I was like, yeah, good. And then at one point, we had got so much money from the insurance company that I had to call other insurance companies. I was like, is this normal? Because it doesn't look normal at all. We just took this whole journey in it, and none of this looks normal. And we called the insurance company. And we're like, is this OK? They're like, yeah, no, no, no. This is, we can do whatever we want with it. Yeah. Okay, we'll renovate the lobby with it. And, and, and most of it we ended up spending in the lobby and, 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 and fixing all what the, the insurance company said we had to fix. And, and we were like, and then they kept sending us a letter back saying, there's still $20,000 that's there. We're like, no, we don't want it. We do not need it because we don't know what to do with it. Like, what do we do with this? This doesn't even make any kind of sense. The thing is when you don't delay in listening to God, God opens a door that doesn't make any sense to you. But listening to him sometimes doesn't make any sense. And you're like, God, I'm just walking through the struggle. I'm walking through this difficult moment. It doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it takes time. Imagine traveling for three days with this burden in your heart of having to sacrifice your son. And God has to show up. God, I'm walking through this journey and you have to show up because I don't know what else to do no way I'm going to be able to go back home and face my wife. Imagine Abraham processing all of that in his mind and it's like, he has to go back to his house if God doesn't show up with his son. It's a moment. Share your faith with your family. Verse 7 and verse 8, the Bible talks about Abraham's son asked him, Father, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham turns around to his son and says, God will provide. You know, when you're walking through difficulties as an adult and as a parent in your life, your children are watching how your faith is. And it's those moments that show your children who God truly is in and through your life. It's in those moments that when your children look at it and they're like, wow, okay, my dad knows who God is. It's in those moments that God really comes through and shines in your life. Abraham had faith in God and in his promise. Abraham says this, God, in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb. He never said, you know, son, as a matter of fact, it's you. Like, if I was the son, I'd be like, okay, dad, I need to talk to mom. I'll be back. <laughs> I'd have left. I'd have left, like, long back. Okay, but, but his son was crazy enough to believe and trust because he's seen his dad trust and see God do things in and through his dad's life that now he's in a place where, where he's just like, you know, I just trust God. And I, growing up as a kid... I'd go with my dad. My dad would go to see these different cars. He likes looking at cars. It was his favorite thing. My dad just couldn't afford cars, but he'd like to go look at them. 
And every time he'd go to the showroom, he'd always say the sentence. And I would just be so embarrassed of the sentence. I do that sentence nowadays myself too. But, <laughs> but he would go into the showroom and the guys would show up and the, the salesperson and they'd be like, yes, who is this? And then he'd be, they'd be looking at the car and they'd ask my dad all kinds of questions and be like, sir. Then my dad would be like, you know, my boss told me to go take a look at the car. Who's his boss? He works for the church. <laughs> It's just the pastor. I know he's like talking about Jesus. He's like, my boss said to go look at the cars and he will provide. And, and then he's going to buy one for me. I'm like, dad, if you just tell them who your boss is, they're going to think you're stupid. And this is like a very embarrassing moment. And through his life, he'd always believe that God would do something big in his life. And he always had this belief that one day he's going to get this car and he's, God's going to provide him Mercedes Benz, like this brand new one. I'm like, Dad, okay, you can't afford it. It's just not going to work. And then one day he called me up. He said, hey, listen, remember that one car I was talking to you about? He's like, I got it. There was a guy who was, who was getting a car, and he was buying a bunch of cars. And he not, happened to not even be a Christian man. He was a Hindu man who was buying a bunch of cars. And while he was getting it, his tax guy tells him, hey, you have to donate one of the cars. So this is going to be not good for you. And the guy decides he's going to donate it to the church to my dad and he calls my dad and he's like, hey, listen, I drive by your church every time and I see you. And I had this one car and I was wondering if I can just give it to you. I was wondering if you could just show up to the showroom and pick this car up so I can pick up my other cars and this one's yours. You know, sometimes you just don't know how God's gonna show up, but he always does. My dad's one of those crazy people. He's done a lot of things in his life that way where, where I hang out with him and I'm like, okay, this is really just doesn't make any kind of sense. Like he would, he would uh, even starting our house and our church construction, he would go to this place, this empty lot, and he would pray in the empty lot. And eventually the landlord got so upset with him and asked him, do not step in the lot. I will never sell this land to you. And a couple of years later when the landlord was going to sell the land, he sold it to my dad. And it was like, but he would always tell my dad, do not step in my land. I see you stepping in it. Do not step in it. It's never going to be sold. And then he ended up selling it. But my dad would just have faith that God would somehow show up. That God, who's, who's called him to walk this journey, is going to be with him no matter how crazy and difficult it is. Abraham knew in verse 8 that God is a provider. And in verse 14, the Bible says this. Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide as it is to that day. On the mountain, the Lord has provided. Eventually, when Abraham goes to do the sacrifice, God tells him, no, 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 man, I was, just, I was just testing you. That's not who I am. I am never going to make you hurt in your life. I'm never going to cause pain and struggle in your life. I'm going to never going to take things that you care about, like your children, and then just watch you hurt and be in pain. It's not who God is. God doesn't do that. God doesn't ask you to sacrifice your children. God doesn't ask you to sacrifice what means a lot to you. That's not who God is. Sometimes he just puts some things in front of us and says, do you trust me? Would you walk in this journey? And that itself starts us to get riled and like, no, 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 God, I can't do it. And God's like, no, no, no. Do you know who I truly am? Abraham knew God was a provider. And then he kept speaking it. And then eventually he provided. Would you stand with me as we close? Who is God to you? Today, some of you need God to be a healer in your life. Some of you might need God to be a hope in a hopeless situation. Some of you might need God to be a provider 
in a circumstance that that you're like it's completely I don't know I don't know how this is going to work I don't know how this is going to come together I just want God to do this Church I want to encourage you my God is a provider The Bible says Jehovah Jireh the God who provides whatever circumstance you're going through my God can provide He's the same God who can heal. Today if you're going through some kind of difficulty in your body, I want to encourage you Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the same God who was healing people yesterday, who can heal people today. My God is the God who answers prayers. He's the same God who answers prayers in the Bible, answers prayers still. My God is the same God who showed up in Genesis chapter 22 and said, "Hey, listen. I am the provider." I don't need you to sacrifice your son because I sacrificed my son on the cross of Calvary for you. Whatever it is that that you are needing from God today, God is able to do in your life. Would you take a minute and just lay it at God's feet? Whatever it is, would you take just just a couple of minutes and just speak to God? God, I need you to be a provider. God, I need you to be a healer. God, I need you to be an answer. God I need you to be a deliverer. God I need you to set me free. God I need you. What is it that you need God in your life for? Because that's who he is. In Abraham's life he was a provider and he always provided and he continued to provide. In my life God has always been the one who cares and carries my burdens. And he's the one who's with me wherever I go and he's given me the command to be strong and courageous in the midst of discouraging moments in the midst of difficult moments today church i want to encourage you the holy spirit is saying hey i am able to do exceedingly abundantly above and more than you can ask imagine or think some of you are asking god for something and god is saying i can do more than what you're asking some of you are imagining certain things and God is saying hey listen I can do more than what you're imagining about your future about your children about your marriage about your education about your work I can actually do more God would you accomplish your purpose your word that you send will not return void it will accomplish its purpose I pray that your word will accomplish its purpose in the life of the people who are standing in this room and those of them watching online in the name of Jesus i pray god that you would answer and accomplish your purpose in their life